Good news, everyone. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. I see dead people. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? And knowing is half the battle. What, the deuce? Must have the precious. And I'll form the head. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take it away. What you talking about, Willie? Wow, infotainment. Welcome to this Transmissions Extra. This is going to be all about C2E2 and my trip there. Uh, you will find many interviews in this and lots of fun stuff. I'd like to thank everyone that agreed to be interviewed, uh, particularly the uh, comic books for kids, people who uh, graciously agreed to a second interview after my uh, I discovered my audio for the first interview was horrible. So <laughs> thanks a lot, uh, and I hope you check out their exclusive comic. I'm here at C2E2 with uh, Mark Weiss and his daughter Michelle. These are they're from Comic Book for Kids, and they put um, they put comic books in the hands of kids in hospitals to kind of brighten their day. So thanks for talking with me. Thank you guys for for letting us say hello to all of you. And I know you're going to hear me say this many times. I just want to start before Jeremy even says anything. You have all embraced us with your support of uh, what we're doing here. So on behalf of Michelle, on behalf of myself, and on behalf of Comic Book for Kids, first thing I wanted to say, and I told Jeremy I was going to do this, is thank you to you guys for, for helping us, help the kids. All right, well, uh, well thanks for, for talking with us and letting us spread the word about this. Um, y'all, y'all, y'all got a custom uh, variant cover of the new Transformers book, and it's just it's absolutely fantastic. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about how this came together? Yeah, absolutely. So... The concept that we always have in Comic Book for Kids, understanding our mission, which is to provide comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers, is to make a difference for the kids. And it's not always, uh, it's, it's, it's always challenging. And we realize that when a child is in a hospital, we can't impact the physical, but we can help alleviate stress and anxiety and address the emotional. So all of our covers have the same concept of a child in a bed and the child is happy because a comic book and toys or comic-related characters or pop culture characters are surrounding the child and bringing a little bit of light into that room. So the child doesn't, doesn't care while he cares. But he, It's not about him being in the hospital room anymore. It's now around him being surrounded by the toys. He's kind of taken away into another Absolutely world. Absolutely right. That's exactly what it is. And so this cover... Um, was something that I, I had to sell to IDW and Hasbro, and IDW came to me and said, what do you think about a Transformer cover? And I said, as soon as I heard that, I said, here's the cover. Little boy's on the bed. He's looking to the window. His mouth is wide open. We've got Kremzik on the monitor, smiling. Um, and Optimus Prime is there, and the boy is, of course, had been playing with his Transformer toys, and, and of course, you notice some of the original Transformer covers on there, right? Yeah, uh, and you see Optimus, you see Optimus smiling, and it's just a, you, you can't help it. Tim Lim is an artist in uh, San Antonio. I think he knocked it out of the park with this, and the color palette is, is incredible on this. Um, the original concept art, which I know you have, had a few different things which we tweaked. Kremzik was a little scary, but I think the finished product is is incredible. Yeah, it's great, and I think a lot of our audience really appreciates the fact that it's some of the original G1 toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we made sure to get some of the original. Uh, original covers on there. Again, 
you know, you do this not only because you love Transformers, not only because you want to help kids, but you have a passion for for comics and the comic book industry. So this was just a wonderful if you forgive the expression, perfect storm of things coming together. Right. And then um, you also recently, at the Comic Pro event, you gave IDW an award for all their work? Uh, Absolutely. So IDW has been incredibly gracious to us. Uh, And uh, three weeks now, we were at the Comics Pro event, and we had the honor and privilege of presenting to IDW, the Comic Book for Kids Publisher of the Year Award, for helping the kids across the country uh, with, uh, you know, in hospitals and cancer centers. And much of this also was, again, for their support, not only of this book, but they also contribute a significant amount of comic books to us that we can give to the kids. So IDW, I, I can't say enough great stuff about IDW. They're, they've been very supportive of our mission and continue to be so. That's awesome. Um, so how can people get this after C2E2 is over? So I'm going to let Michelle talk because she does more than just hold comic books. So. <laughs> it's available on eBay, right? And it, it is, and they can also reach us. Uh, so, yeah, feel free. I mean, I'm on, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can follow us, like us there. Feel free to message us. I mean, pretty, pretty responsive. But the comic book will be available on eBay. And there's also right now we have, I think, four or five retailers, five retailers worldwide that have these. So we want to make sure to let the retailers. We also have a very small allocation because there are those people who have said they want to buy it directly from us. The retailers are working with us, too. Again, there's only a handful. But this is important. The five retailers that are working with us are those who have supported us since day one. So that's why there are five retailers. So any of your uh, audience uh, who is watching this, I'm completely really good with you working with any of those retailers as well. That's awesome. And all that's on your website too? Absolutely. All right. Um, I guess, is there anything else um, you guys wanted to talk like, um, do you do any events with the hospitals or? We do. We do. I know a lot of you who are watching this uh, know cosplayers or some of you may work with the cosplay groups. So we know that it's not just about giving comic books to the kids. Sometimes it's about, the, it's about superheroes or or characters or Elsa or whomever presenting uh, comic books to moms, to the kids. So we work with cosplayers. We we will help coordinate events at hospitals. If you uh, have uh, excess comic books or you want to do something in your local hospital, contact us. We're a non-for-profit. We take no compensation for what we do. We completely volunteer our time. We're glad to work with you uh, to help make a difference for the kids. That's that's awesome. So um, I guess... Uh, thanks for, for talking with me, and um, you know, hope this goes well. Jeremy, one last thing. I said at the beginning, I'm going to close the same way I started. Thank you guys for supporting us, for helping make a difference for the kids, and I hope in some way when you saw this cover, it made you smile the same way it made us smile. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thank you very much. At C2E2 with artist Tim Seeley. Uh, he's done many things, Hackslash, um, Green Lanterns, Masters of the Universe versus, or Injustice versus Masters of the Universe. Um, so, but, and some Transformers. Yeah, and for, you know, for our audience, uh, you work for Devil's Due for the, the G.I. Joe versus Transformers. Yeah. So, um, how's, your, how's your convention going? Uh, it's crazy as busy, and uh, I'm barely keeping up, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to plow through, and I'm going to take a nice Monday vacation. That's, that's the plan. 
cool. Well, it's a good problem to have to be busy. Yeah. Um, you never know. You can, you can go away anytime. So, yeah. so um, what can you say about your time with Devil's Do with the Transformers, the G.I. Joe Transformers stuff? Like, um, that's kind of a, a small period in the Transformer comics world. Well, so at the time that we had it, um, Dreamwave had the Transformers license, and we were both kind of small studios, and we, we knew each other. So we traded, basically. They gave us the rights to do a Transformers crossover for like three, three six-issue series, I think, and we traded them. Um, but the first one Josh did with uh, Mike Miller, and then the second I drew with Dan Jolly and PJ Sue, and then the third one and the fourth one I got to write. I didn't draw them. Because uh, I was kind of angling to write more stuff after high school. But I had always been kind of a Transformers guy. Uh, as a kid, I was huge into the Marvel comic, the Marvel Transformers, and the toys and stuff, so I kind of felt like I probably wouldn't be great for G.I. Joe by itself, but I figured I could do Transformers. So my, my pitch on it was, we're going to do all the weird stuff from the cartoons that the G.I. Joe cartoons couldn't, the comics couldn't do. We do it here because we're making some Transformers. So it was going to be Cobra Law, and you know we did like a, uh, a, a Transformer Serpentor, basically. That was the it was like the son of Megatron. Was that the Serpentor? Serpentor, yeah, that yeah, exactly. Organic robot or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, which is just like having a delightful, fun, you know, it was fun. It was so much fun. Cool. Well, um, have you ever pitched anything to IDW that currently has a license for, for both? Uh, I did actually. I pitched a. I did a couple covers, and then while I was pitching the covers, I had an idea for our RC story. Uh, that was kind of like when they first started their new universe. I had an idea that she would be basically she looked appeared human female because they determined that um, the robots determined she'd be the best spokesperson. That like they watched a bunch of TV and they figured like oh you know they used this this female form to like get their message across. So she would they turned her female. But then she had to deal with Texas. Like, it was going to be like this immediate thing. Hey, what's up, buddy? But it was going to be this idea uh, of, like, you know, make it, like playing into the fact that it was unusual that they were the females, you know? Um, but they wanted the different versions. So. Yeah, that, that might have been a little bit better than what Simon Furman did. But did they make her mentally ill or something? It, essentially, she was forced to be female, um, you know, against her will. There was there was no sex in trans, gender and transformers at the time. It, it was completely retconned, and <laughs> now they've rebooted everything. Yeah, I was gonna say like, I mean, the timing on that, you know, with the transgender thing and all that sort of stuff, like, oh, well, yeah, that's a yeah. Well, they could have gone with an easier version. I, I could have given. A, I was gonna have it be kind of like. You know, I mean, play out the fact that, like, the way that we treat women, like, we want you to, to say what we want you to say, but, you know, stop right there. Like, don't say too much. So I thought that would be cool. We were going to have a, a woman artist do it and stuff, but I don't, I don't remember why it didn't happen. I guess they had, the, they had something slightly more insulting to go. I don't know. Well, um, can you talk about, like, what you've been doing lately? You have the, the, the hack slash that you did for Image and... Now you're you're doing stuff with DC. You've done Nightwing. Um, you've done the Green Lantern series, which was excellent. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just I'm freelance, so I, I do as much as I can, basically. And I as much as I have ideas for it, it's kind of my my way of taking something. If I have an idea for something, like or have a passion for it, then I'll I'll pursue it. Um, but yeah, I mean, and since I kind of switched back drawing and writing, I can. Um, 
I guess I can have a longer, I, I kind of have a more diverse career, I guess. I have more content because I can do either job. Um, but, but uh, yeah, see, I mean, all of them are near and dear to my heart for whatever reason, you know? So, I mean, one thing with the Green Lanterns I wanted to bring up is that you mentioned with the RC thing. With Green Lanterns, you had um, Jessica Cruz, who was, you know, first female human, like, Earth-based Green Lantern. Yeah. And then you also had um, Simon Baz, who, you know, was identified as a Muslim. Um, yes, 10 dollars. Uh, can you talk about, like, dealing with, with both of those um, audiences, yeah. you know, on, on this book? I mean, so when, when we were just talking about doing the book, I was talking to Sam Humphreys about it. And we kind of decided, like, this was the progressive Green Lantern book. And it was about, you know, about the, it was, it was more like kind of a Spider-Man style a take on a DC character, in which they, you know, they, they had this great responsibility, but they had the, they had all these other responsibilities in the rest of their life. So thank you so much. Um, that they, you know, like Hal is just a cool guy, and Hal, like, you know, doesn't have a, um, a he just he does whatever he wants. He, yeah, and these people had like day jobs, yeah, and they had problems keeping day jobs, and they, and like, all the things that you know, once they left the Earth, they were like respected cops. They would come home, and Simon would get arrested because you know he he looked dangerous at the airport or whatever. So I thought that was the most interesting thing to me. I I don't. I don't have a lot of interest in the other aspects of Green Lantern Corps, but that part really got me. Um, so that's kind of what I, I want to do with it. And I, I have a, a generalized anxiety disorder, so Jessica was the character that made the sen- most sense to me. Um, and I, I kind of thought Simon as a guy would be like the guy who looks like he should be such a winner because he's like jock and he's cool yeah. and he's like, but he he keeps having shit blow up in his face, you know? I thought, like that, those two aspects like really interested me. Um, so that's kind of why I pro- try to approach it. I feel like, in the end, I learned that most Green Lantern fans don't care about that shit at all. So that was education, but um, most people like the cop stuff, which I want to play more like the wire in space. Like, I want to be like the bureaucracy and bullshit. Um, especially, you know, like, just like crazy space laws and stuff like that. Like, I, I want to make it, you know, like them dealing with all the law enforcement stuff that, you know, that was implied in some of the original stuff but not usually played through. Awesome. Well, personally, I, I really enjoyed the run. Thanks, man. So, uh, well, thanks for taking some time with me. Um, I will link to you on, on Twitter uh, when we post this. So, um, Sounds good. Thank have, you. I'm here at C2E2 with uh, Ninib from Learning Resources. They have a product uh uh, Beaker Creatures, and he's going to tell me a little bit about it. So Yeah. So uh, Beaker Creatures are, is a science meets collectibles line. Uh, we want to, we know uh, kids love collectibles, so we want you to introduce education and science into that. So you get these cool reactor pods, and you can put them into these uh, lab sets. So this one behind us is a bigger version of what you get, but uh, you get to put the pods in, they fizz, they bubble, and kids get to extract these cool characters where... You get to identify what uh, planet they're from. Awesome. So um, the the beaker creatures here. So I mean, it's just the whole point is to engage kids in science at an early age. I mean, what what age group is this for? Yeah. So in general, our company, Learning Resources, is huge on uh, STEM. Like we uh, we think young STEM is very important. With beaker creatures, it's for ages five plus. 
Uh, usually kids five to eight love to play, uh, enjoy this, do crazy experiments. Even with the lab set, you could do uh, slime. You could even make your own pod uh, with some of our lab sets. Awesome. And um, what are some of the other things that, that you guys have? I know it's just all beaker creatures here, um, but I saw in the video you have here like some slime stuff. Um, so uh, we have like the super lab set. So this is a liquid reactor super lab. Uh, this is one where you can uh, extract uh, the characters from when you, uh, you know, dissolve, dissolve the pods. But we also have the alien experiment lab that's coming out in June. And that one, you can create your own pod. So even after you dissolve the pods, you can uh, uh, pretty much like make your own pods based on home ingredients like corn starch and uh, simple ingredients, really. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah. And uh, where can they go to buy it? Is it in stores or online? Yeah, you can go to beakercreatures.com uh, to learn more and uh, order from our website. But we're available on Amazon. We're at Target as well. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you. I'm here at C2E2, and uh, this is James with Imaginarium. Imaginarium Omaha. Imaginarium yeah. Omaha. And this is an interesting take, take on the whole loot box phenomenon. So uh, can, what can you tell us about it? So we're a little bit different. We're an organic-based uh, kind of uh, mystery box where we're a little more vintage. A lot of our stuff is recycled, kind of fun. Uh, we have five. We have three different levels, $5, $10, and $20. Um, our boxes you know, will have everything from a brand-new in-package figure to something vintage all the way back from 40 years ago. We feature Transformers, Star Wars, He-Man, all the you know, classics from growing up in your childhood. Um, they're really popular. They come in these cool little uh, Chinese food boxes, so they got their own little handle. I think that, that's a, a nice little touch there. Yeah, it's kind of nice. You know, it's their own little carrying case. Uh, most people have never seen anything like this. Um, we do it a little different. You know, we, I'm not a big corporate person, so I, we try to do a very organic feel. We uh, Most of ours are handwritten. People like that. We fill them in the store uh, with all the different unique and random things that we get, and uh, it's just kind of fun. It's just they're little boxes, uh, little buckets of fun is basically what they are. Awesome. And you said you have a storefront in Omaha? Yeah, we're based in Omaha, Nebraska. We're in, in the uh, Old Market. If you've ever been there, it's a really cool area. One of the few places in the area that's not underwater right now. But uh, yeah, yeah. and then we feature, we have, uh, we sell on eBay uh, as well. And then we have our, you know, imaginarymantiques.com. Awesome. And what's the eBay store? Uh, it's it's Imaginarium. I think it's called Imaginarium Superstore, if I remember right. I, awesome. Well, I'm sure it's linked off the website, yeah, too. So. for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm here at C2E2 with Brandon from Han Cholo, and we're going to talk a little bit about what he has with the Transformers, but also in general. Uh, I'd just like to know... Um, you know, you guys have been doing this for a long time with yeah. various pop culture um, franchises. Um, can you just go into a little bit of the background of the company? Yeah, we started in uh, 2002. Um, I've always been a, a fan of old pop culture and, you know, things that relate to, like, 80s, 70s and 80s, 90s culture. So um, it's, it's a big part of my jewelry design as well. And I just started doing, you know things i love and making entities with my licenses like as a fan i collect and you know i just want to put it out there for other people that are fans as well awesome so yeah i know you have like master of the universe uh i think i first became aware of you with the voltron stuff you did a few years ago uh, with the new series yeah. but like i've noticed you have both eras you have the original voltron and the new yeah, stuff for sure and um y'all have been coming in with the transformers so right. um you do 
do you make the jewelry all yourself? Yeah, yeah, everything design. I do everything, all everything in house prototyping from from paper pen to to what you see and what you get. That's great. Um, so into the transformer stuff, I, I saw most of your stuff or everything I've seen has been the classic G one designs. Yeah. Um, do you have any plans for? Going into some of the other eras, we we may be going into some new eras, but like I'm a Gen One guy, and you know I, I I grew up with the classics, so that's kind of my my love, and and I know a lot of people are the same way. You know, it's just one of the classic things you know, that you, you identify with, right? Yeah, and I guess even Hasbro is constantly you yeah. know reissuing. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, so, those are the ones. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Um, can you, uh, the thing that y'all have debuted, um, I believe at Emerald City Comic Con, and then you have here is that Ravage pin. Yeah, it's, it's Ravage in cassette mode. In cassette mode. Yeah, um, that's one of my favorite favorite toys too. Growing yeah. up, you know, of course, Soundwave is one of my like is my favorite. But Ravage, when that came out, I, I remember getting it at Toys R Us and getting that cassette, and I was just blown away. I mean, it was the coolest thing ever, and just. Since we did the, we came out of the Soundwave cassette player as our first pin with Soundwave, it made sense to do the cassette as well for our first pin of Ravage, and we got more to come too. Awesome! So you're going to do some more tapes, possibly? Possibly, yeah. possibly. <laughs> I do notice there's a, there's a, a large Decepticon vent to a lot of your things. You have a lot of Megatron, you have the Soundwave. Yeah, um, you do have a Grimlock and an Optimus yeah. and a Bumblebee, we, we, but we have some more coming out too. For we, we're, we're giving some of the Autobots love too. But I, I was always, you know, just a Decepticon fan. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, what can you go into about the process of creating, like the, the Ravage tape? You know, obviously it has to go through approvals. Yes, what has that process been like for you? It's been a pretty, 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 pretty easy for us. I mean, like, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan and I pay attention to detail and I know what other fans want and you know i make sure it's pretty much pretty close to the original of the toy and you know that's up and hasbro's been good about oh yeah great they're they're amazing to work with awesome so um i guess honcholo.com is the website is it same on all social media just honcholo it's it's honcholo designs on instagram and you can in our website www.honcholo.com cool and um how much does a Ravage pin cost? Uh, the, the Ravage pin is twelve dollars. Awesome. And so, out of everything that you've designed and released, what what do you think would be your favorite? I mean, there's so many. I mean, I, I, I every one of my pieces is my favorite. They're all your babies. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Megatron ring when I made it, that was like that was like my 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 one because I mean I was. With the red stones in the eyes, I try to keep them as, as close as possible as Gen One could, and I think that one and the Optimus Ring are my, my favorites right now. Yeah, those really do get the animation look. I, I, yeah, I really like them. for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank and you so much for having me. I'm here at C2E2 with a Chris from Deeply Dapper, and he makes. Soaps, among other things. I so. do a little bit of everything. We do soap. We do uh, artwork. I've got a couple of books, enamel pins. We do podcasts. And awesome. We've so, got a game on Kickstarter right now, actually. Okay. Uh, it's a cool. card game called Creature Features. <laughs> awesome. So uh, tell me about the soap. Like, um, you make it all yourself? I do, yeah. I create all the fragrances. We make the soap. There are all sorts of different scents. We have some fun ones, like Charisma 18 has dice embedded inside it. Okay. And, 
That's sweet. And, Super and nerdy. The the names are are amazing with this. <laughs> Thank like, you. Um, <laughs> I like you have the cake is a lie from you know, Portal. Uh, clean me up, Scotty. Star Trek. <laughs> we have make it soap. I'm out make of that one soap. right now. <laughs> yeah, but what, what's amazing is I smelled some of them, and just the smells are on point. Like the Nuka Cola smells like a real a real Coke. Thank you. And so, <laughs> how, how do you do that? Um, we've been making soap for about seven years now, and most of it is just a lot of work. We um, we custom blend all of our fragrances, so we order from like nine different companies and mix them to make the scents for ourselves. So it's a lot of trial and error. I imagine a lot of like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the bad batches for a while, I used them as like my hotel soaps until I just couldn't anymore because they were just not good. So... <laughs> Awesome. Well, tell me about the Kickstarter. Uh, so, yeah, we've got a, a game out called Creature Features, and it's a card game where you're building monsters from body parts. So there's, like, the mummy, and there's aliens and robots. And it's live on Kickstarter right now for another two weeks. And it's it, it comes in an old-school VHS case. So I'm an I'm a old-fashioned horror guy. So <laughs> well, That's really cool. So um, we will we'll plug all that. and. Uh, if people want to find you, that's just deeply, deeplydapper.com? Yeah, deeplydapper.com. That's my username on everything, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And awesome. pretty easy to find me. Cool. <laughs> well, well, thanks for talking with me. Thank you. I'm here with Scott Smith. Um, you can see some of his art behind us, and I just wanted to talk to him a minute about his art and um, you know what he does here with it. So um, can you kind of describe what you're, you're doing here? It's like... You got um, phrases and things from yeah. a, t- a property? Uh, I call myself the word art guy, so every one of my pieces, uh, for example, this is House Stark. Um, the image is rendered with text, and the text that I used in this particular piece is uh, the names of the members of House Stark, their house words, um, their uh, the name of, of their ancestral home, Winterfell, and then quotes from the members or the allies of, of that household. So I have... Uh, I have pieces like that that are quotes. I have some pieces that are an entire film or a whole uh, poem or a chapter of a book. So it's different amounts of text, but it's all uh, coming back from the subject material. That's awesome. And um, what made you what made you think of, of doing art like this, where you know, it's, instead of you know your traditional stuff, this is very unique. Thanks. Yeah, that's my hope to, to bring something a little bit different. I. Um, I've always loved stories, um, driving home from the movie and like quoting all of your favorite parts back and forth, I think is is one of those really uh, memorable parts of going to the movies. So I guess it was with that in mind that I started on my earliest work and it was much simpler. It didn't make an image, it was just quotes, just kind of laid out in a pattern. And from there it's just been... Uh, I guess eight years now of challenging myself with each new piece. It's, can I make it do an image? What if I had more color? Can I do people? Can I fill a whole page with text? And that's brought me to where I am now. Awesome. Yeah, I see you have like a more simple one, like a Stan Lee one. That's you know, not not too many words, but I mean, you know, nice image. And then you have some of these more detailed ones, like the ones behind here, like that BBA. I can just imagine 
how many words are actually in there. Yeah, the, so the BB-8 piece is um, the opening crawl and every spoken word from The Force Awakens. See, so you're right, I have some really uh, smaller, simpler pieces like the Stan Lee and some more intricate, and uh, I'm always stretching to find new ways to integrate um, the written word with um, art. Awesome. Well, thank you for talking with me. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me. I'm here at C2E2 with Dan Kana. Uh, he has done work uh, on many of the comics going back, um, I believe you worked at Dream- Dreamwave or early IDW stuff? Or, yeah, and I did a little uh, teeny, teeny bit of work for Dreamwave. I mostly did work for Bakan, um, Fun Pub, 3H, okay. um, Hasbro, other licensees. Awesome. Stuff, really. Awesome. And, and one thing that um, he also has done is work on the, the Transformers trading card game. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he is here at the um, show selling some of the cards and signing them. So, so how did you get involved with um, designing some of these cards? Well, the cards reused a lot of artwork from the Transformers Legends game, and I drew a couple of hundred cards for that. Just um, a couple hundred? Just a couple hundred. Um, and so some of my work was used on that. I was one of the regular guys who worked on the Legends game from 2015, uh, from 2012 to 2015. Awesome. Yeah, I think we, we've seen some other work, uh, like Guido Guidi did some. Yes, Guido, Marcelo, a couple of other guys too. Right. So um, they, they just reused existing art, or did you do any original art for the, the game? Well, I'm doing, um, Marcelo and myself are doing new artwork for the game. I have um, art original art for the Wave 2 starter pack that's coming out May 3rd. Is that the Bumblebee Megatron, I think? Yeah, I did the art for that. So, some of your other stuff you have here, I see, like, you have X-Men, Voltron, um, you doing any of the work for Big 2? Um, no, I'm afraid not. There's just prints I did for the shows, actually. Okay. It helps to diversify when you're uh, at a big Comic-Con. Right, yeah. So, uh, how's your, your C2E2 going? It's, it's a... I can't complain. It's good. It's a solid show. Awesome. Uh, and uh, do you know if you're going to be at any uh, other conventions coming up, like any TF cons or? Um, I'm going to be at big comic cons for the most part. Um, and uh, unfortunately, nothing booked yet for any TF cons anytime soon. But I'll be at um, at uh, Comic Palooza in Houston in May, MegaCon in um, Orlando in May. Denver Comic Con, Heroes Con, various other shows, basically. Awesome. Thanks a lot for talking with me. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transmissions. But just because this episode is over doesn't mean the Transformers fun has to stop. Join us and other Transformers fans on our Discord chat server by visiting transmissionspodcast.com slash discord. If you would like to learn more about how you could support the Transmissions Podcast, just visit transmissionspodcast.com slash support. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next week.